Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages. We'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Good afternoon. I was inspired by Joe Biden's inauguration this week. And so I've decided, much like Joe Biden did, that I want to start today's show in the right way. With just a quick blast of Lady Gaga, because why not? for two hours of mediocre entertainment that may be mildly entertaining at best from the Antichrist himself. It's Comedy Bronze at least for your money back. Brought to you by an award-winning broadcaster. Well, sort of. He won his school's charity stand-up competition when he was in year seven. That counts, right? This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Avenue Beat and Woman on Wizard Radio 24K Golden, DaBaby, Coco, started the show for Saturday afternoon. Hello. How's it going? It's Alec Feldman on until five. On the way, Ariana Grande, Silk City's new song with Ellie Golding. Oh, I'm so excited to play that. And The Kid Leroy before half past three. How's your week been? It's been quite a dramatic week, I would say, in, you know, in the world. A lot is happening as it 
tends to be every week at the moment, actually. I don't remember the last time there was an uneventful week. I actually don't. But it's cool. It's Saturday. We can chill now. All is good. I hope you're having a very nice Saturday afternoon. I've got a show for you today. I mean, I've, I've got a show for you. Coming up before 5pm, I want to tell you about Shaun the Sheep the movie. I know that's a slightly strange thing to be coming out of my mouth, but I need to talk to you about it. I've watched it, I like it, but I have questions about it. That is at 4.25 for Shaun the Sheep. 4.20, I'm working backwards. 4.20, I have the best educational programme the BBC has ever made. Homeschooling is happening a lot at the moment. And, well, I found the only resource you will need to study maths this lockdown. 20 past four for that. 10 past four. You know how I like to come up with sort of theories every now and again about music. There was the one where you could tell the difference between songs that come out in the summer and the winter. There's the one about how songs are getting shorter. And now I have a new one and it involves TikTok. 10 past four for that. And on the way, in the next hour or so, a TV show is coming back. Zoom School Chaos. Bird News returns. A welcome return for Bird News. And in a second, we'll do the worst and best things in the world this week. Plus, I've got a 60-second guide. I thought we'd revisit a classic edition of what's going on today as well. So we'll do that just before 4 o'clock. But now let's crack on. These are the worst and best things in the world this week. I'm a very fickle person. I have new obsessions basically on a weekly basis. I hate things on a weekly basis and then kind of forget about them. And so I I wanted to document all of the things that I like and hate in any given week. So that's what this is all about. The worst thing in the world this week is those people who had a wedding in London, in Stamford Hill. And they had it in a school and there was 150 of them there just carrying on. Like, there wasn't a global pandemic. Like, there was no danger. What a stupid thing to do. What were you playing at, guys? Come on. Have you not seen the TV? Have you not seen Chris Whitty and Boris Johnson? Do you not read the newspaper? How are you missing what is happening? What an embarrassment. Very, very poor behaviour. And so that, in my mind, is the worst thing in the world this week. Because it's... It's selfish and stupid, but on an enormous scale. You just know that people who were there would have had COVID, right? And they would have spread it. What a stupid, stupid thing to do. That's my my rant of the week. That's the worst thing in the world this week. But back to positives, you know, two stars and a wish. One of the best things in the world this week are some pandas. I was cycling through Manchester the other day and I went past a Mexican taco restaurant place. And I looked in the window and I was like, hang on, that's weird. It looks awfully busy in there considering that everything's supposed to be shut because every seat was full. But then I realised the seats weren't full of people. The seats were full of pandas, not live pandas, like, you know, cuddly pandas, stuffed pandas. And they had all these pandas sitting in every seat and they had little sombreros on and it was really cute. And I was like, oh, that's such a cute idea. I don't know why they've done it, but it's nice. It's nice to look at. Either nice to look at or a massive case of eat out to help out fraud. It could it could go either way. And I did take a picture, and I was going to tweet the picture, and I was like, I'll bet this will do well on Twitter. But for whatever reason, I was like, mm, maybe I won't do this right now. The next day, literally the next day, 
somebody else tweeted this picture and it got like tens of thousands of likes and retweets and I was just thinking, oh man, should have tweeted those pandas, those stupid pandas, I should have tweeted them because that could have blown up. I've missed my opportunity to like grow my Twitter through pandas. The only time I've gone anything close to viral on Twitter was the time David Badil retweeted me and I got loads of mean messages sent to me for about a day afterwards. I want to go viral for a good reason, but it wasn't to be. I should have tweeted those pandas. But that is one of my favourite things in the world this week. My even more favourite thing in the world this week, however, is Bernie Sanders in the chair. Of course it is. Bernie Sanders is an American politician if you somehow live under a rock and don't know who he is. I think he's the senator for Vermont, and he's, you know, just a really nice guy, an old guy, quite cute, wants America to have, you know such luxuries as universal health care i know crazy right and he's a really cute guy and he was at joe biden's inauguration just sat on a chair in like mittens and a really thick coat and everyone's photoshopped this into everything and it's amazing and i'm just loving looking at them although i do think the meme has perhaps peaked now i saw someone who went to my school tweet a picture of bernie sanders sat on his chair in his gloves on stage in an awards ceremony with all of the other like senior leaders of the school and I was like oh bravo that is excellent I don't think this meme can be improved on ever again and so those are the best and the worst things in the world this week the people who had an 150 person wedding in London boo but pandas cuddly pandas in the taco restaurant in sombreros we like we also like the Bernie Sanders in the chair memes And that is the state of the world this week. I feel like we've really put the world to rights in the first 15 minutes of the show. So now we can continue coming up next, the return of hit feature, Bird News. After Ariana Grande, this is a remix of 34 plus 35. A remix. Ariana Grande, Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat with 34 plus 35 equals 69. Hello, it's Alec Feldman, Saturday afternoon. Are you good? On the way, the Kid Leroy and Ash Nico. But first, a couple of weeks ago on this show, we did a thing called Bird News, where I brought you some news about birds. I think the last time we did Bird News, we covered a story about how wind farms are terrible for birds because the birds just kind of fly at the wind turbines and end up getting skewered and it's very messy and horrible. And also about how... We should be shooting parakeets in the UK, according to... I can't remember who it was according to, but someone was saying, if we see them, we should shoot them because they're foreign birds or something like that. I can't quite remember, to be completely honest, but it's time for some more bird news. And once again, it's news about birds potentially being horrifically killed. Now, this is a very specific bird that was looking death in the eye it's a bird called joe now joe is a pigeon a pigeon in australia and somebody found joe and it was in a back garden in melbourne and they saw that he had something on him the the bird it had a little a little leg band on it and it was blue And apparently, now I didn't know this about birds because despite doing a radio feature called Bird News, I'm not actually an expert in birds. Apparently that that blue tag means it's an American bird. 
And most people would hear that and think, oh, cool, an American bird in Melbourne, Australia. That's a long-haul flight. I hope there was in-flight entertainment. But it's actually a lot more serious than that because birds are filthy. Birds are disgusting. Come on, you must have seen. You know, in, like, Trafalgar Square when there's loads of pigeons and there's bird poo everywhere and it is gross. Imagine that, but on an international scale because that's what's happened here. A bird flew over this pigeon, Joe, flew over from America to Melbourne, bringing all of its American bird disease with it. That is very bad news, apparently. So bad, in fact, that it would be considered... I'm not even joking here. This would be considered a biohazard. The Australian Bird Quarantine Service were contacted about this bird that was found in the garden, and they were like, yeah, Joe, the pigeon, it's a biohazard, therefore we're going to have to euthanize it. In other words, put it to death because it's an American pigeon that might bring disease into Australia, therefore, we have to kill it. Which sounds quite harsh. Um, but I understand the sort of the public health thinking behind it, but nonetheless quite brutal that a bird made it all the way from America to Australia, and now it has to be killed for its struggle. But that isn't where the story ends. Thankfully, there has been an intervention. Joe the Pigeon was sentenced to death. But then, someone stepped in. A man called Lars, who works at Pigeon Rescue Melbourne. And Lars is a hero, because Lars pointed out that apparently some bird breeders in Melbourne buy these fake, like, American blue leg tags to make their pigeons look American when they're not. Why you'd want to make a pigeon look American, I'm not sure. But this is a thing that happens. And so he said this to the agriculture department. He was like, guys, stop. Don't put Joe to death just yet. I don't think he's really an American pigeon. I think it's a fake tag. And they investigated. And they were like, hmm, you know what, Lars? You're correct. This is, in fact, a fraudulent leg band. And this bird is Australian. Which means it didn't have to be killed anymore. The Prime Minister even ended up talking about this bird. Can you believe the actual Prime Minister intervened in the case of a pigeon that was going to be put to death? He said, and I quote, Oh, bad luck, Joe. Fly home or face the consequences. Wow. I knew Australia took quite a hard line on um, immigration, and they were quite brutal in their immigration policies. But I didn't realise that even applies to pigeons when they're like, Go home. We don't want you here. Get out of Australia. But that's how it goes down. Thankfully, Joe was actually an Australian pigeon after all. And he was saved. And that is the bird news for today. A very courageous story about a bird who was nearly killed for being American, but actually wasn't American at all. Hooray. More bird news as we get it. This is exciting. A brand new song from Silk City, a.k.a. Mark Ronson and Diplo. That's their, their like, team name when they're making songs together. Featuring Ellie Golden, called New Love, and you're hearing it on Wizard Radio right now. It's called New Love and it's on Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us on. You know how all the schools are shut in the UK at the moment because, you know, there's a pandemic and having large groups of people mixing every day is clearly a terrible idea that only took, what, four months for the government to work out? Yeah, anyway, they're all off. And so at primary school, that means... Everybody's kind of having to be, like, homeschooled, which means their parents have to teach them stuff. I have more on that later on, by the way, if you're currently experiencing primary school homeschooling. Although, I'll be honest, I would be slightly surprised if anyone 
at primary school is currently listening to this show. But, you know, if you are, come on in. I hope there aren't too many adult themes. <laughs> but if you're at secondary school, a lot of the time, that means everything's gone online. You'll have, like, Zoom school. So you'll have all your normal lessons in all your normal classes, often at all the normal times. But it's on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or something else that's very similar and does the same thing. And my sister was telling me about her experience of this the other day. And, I mean, it's absolute chaos. It's carnage. And I'm so here for it. Obviously, I was hearing about some people at some schools, I read this on Twitter, who have online detentions where they all have to look at the camera in silence. Okay, cool. But this, this is a whole other level. Assembly. Possibly one of the slightly more pointless things you do at school. You know, you all get together for half an hour or whatever it happens to be. Some teachers go up, there are some announcements. Maybe someone will do a presentation about charity or a school trip or contraception. And then everybody goes on their way. But how do you do that when it's on Zoom? From what I've heard, it's basically the same, but on Zoom. Except at my sister's school, they've just been being completely chaotic with the whole thing and it sounds incredible so get this the people in my sister's year have been getting the link to their assembly meeting and much like you do with a kahoot when you just send your friends in other classes and other schools the code they've been sending out the link to join their school assembly so people from other schools other year groups have been joining in on my sister's assembly and then just causing complete chaos and it's incredible because what they're doing they're not just joining as themselves they're joining and stealing the names of people who are in my sister's year so basically it's identity fraud but then once they're in and they've stolen someone's name they're then going in the chat on the assembly and just saying really inappropriate things they're being rude to teachers they're going wildly off topic they're saying things that you wouldn't generally hear in a school assembly and I wish I could tell you some of the things I've been saying but I really can't not on the radio definitely not and no one could do anything about it because the way teams works apparently you can't kick out guests or you can but then they can just keep coming back and there's no way of stopping them because you don't know who they are because they're anonymous and the teacher's like what do we do who is who are these people how do we track them down who's been leaking the link and they literally have no way of knowing and i can totally imagine this and them being completely helpless and not knowing what to do and not knowing how to stop it and just having to accept the chaos and it is amazing i'm so here for it i love that even when there's a pandemic and you can't actually go to school people are still finding ways to mess around and be stupid it is absolutely incredible so massive respect to the Zoom crashes at my sister's school and, in fact, lots of other schools who are joining in her assemblies. Incredible. I had no idea this was going on. Is this a widespread thing? Is this happening everywhere? People completely screwing with Zoom school? Because if they are, I want to hear about it. Are there any stories that top this one? How widespread is this This tomfoolery? <laughs> Never using that word again. They just... The idea that people are completely messing with homeschool, school on Teams. How are you still managing to be naughty when school's on Teams is basically what I'm asking. So if anyone's got any stories, do let me know right now. You can tweet me at WizRadio. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk. 
how widespread is this kind of messing around when school is online? I want stories. I want to be entertained. I'll read you a few in a little while. Coming up, Ash Nico and deal with it. But first, I love this. It's the Kid Leroyan without you on Wizard Radio right now. Live from a slightly funny smelling basement in Manchester. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. It's Wizard Radio, Saturday afternoon. Alec Feldman here playing Ash Nico and Khalees deal with it. And before that, the Kid Leroy and without you, which I really like. On the way, new Taylor Swift is next. Zane as well. And before four o'clock, I've got a little classic what's going on for you as well. I was talking before about how at my sister's school, they managed to cause chaos by sharing the link to their Zoom assembly to people from loads of other schools who then proceeded to join the Zoom, steal the names of people in my sister's year and just wreak havoc in the chat and annoy everyone. And it was brilliant. And I just wanted to know how people were managing, I guess, to basically to still be naughty even though you can't actually go to school because they're all shut, because if you hadn't noticed, there's a global pandemic. And I got some amazing messages through. I want to share these with you right now. Hello to Olivia. She says, one of the people in my English class had a really smart idea. He set his Zoom picture to a picture of him sat at his desk working. So he didn't actually need to turn his camera on. He'd look like he was there taking notes the whole time. And he genuinely got away with this for like a week. He'd sign into class... A minute late so nobody noticed him and then he'd just wander off leave the computer go do something else play outside watch tv but then it kind of stopped working when our english teacher asked him a question and then obviously he wasn't there they realized he wasn't moving and then he got busted oh no <laughs> i'm impressed that he got away with this for for a week without any teacher like asking to speak to him <laughs> that is genius very impressive i suppose because classes are big you could kind of get away with that just because your little zoom icon would be quite small it wouldn't work if you were in like a a music gcse class where there's only about eight of you that would be difficult uh, but also did anybody <laughs> without wanting to get too like morbid did anybody get slightly concerned that when he wasn't responding or moving they were like um, is, is he okay um what's what's up with this guy do we need to call someone? Did that happen? Or were they just like, oh no, we've been had. It's the old picture in a Zoom trick. Oh, what a scamp. <laughs> I don't know why they would have called him a scamp. But that, that general vibe, well done to him. Very impressive. Thank you for your message, Olivia. Callum says, have you heard about the freezing technique, Alec? Uh, maybe? He says, basically, when you get asked a question in the Zoom class that you don't want to answer, you just pretend that you're freezing. So you start moving, then you get kind of jolted, you break up your speech, and then it usually works, people believe you. I've seen the freezing technique used so many times in my classes in the last few weeks. I even did it once myself, and nobody knew I was doing it. They just thought my connection was bad. I 10 out of 10 recommend. I'm not buying this. You know in sitcoms when a character is taking a phone call they don't want to take and they'll go yeah yeah uh-huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh oh no no oh i can't hear you sorry i'm breaking up and they do that that's not convincing nobody believes that because you can't replicate yourself what it sounds like and looks like when a, a zoom call like crashes and the connection drops for one thing, you blink. Unless you're really good at not blinking, 
then that might be a bit of a giveaway. But also, how, how can he just stay still in a position that makes it look like you're frozen and not have any any movement, any sign that you're doing it? I, I don't know. I'm not sure that, that is actually believable. I think people are just being polite, but they do they do know. They realise when you pretend to freeze. Because you said it yourself, Callum. You've seen it done loads of times. That means it's not at all subtle and really obvious and everybody knows that it's happening. It's not just like, oh, oh what a shame. Their connection's got one of the chances. I think that's a rubbish one, to be completely honest. But, you know, if you can pull it off, if you're a really good actor... If you're really good at pretending that your Zoom has crashed, then I suppose you might be able to get away with it. But I don't know. I'm not convinced. Jake says, this is a bit of an older story, actually, but when I started at school, way back in September, so many people caught COVID that they shut the school down for a week and we had Zoom classes during that week. But because I was new, I didn't know anyone. It was a bit weird. And anyway, you probably know where this is going already. No, actually, I, I, I don't, Jake, but come on, do tell me. There was someone from a different school, oh, who just sat in, in all of my classes. I don't know if it was just my classes or, like, everyone's, but he must have got the wrong details or something because for nearly an entire week he was in there. Then the teacher asked who he was because he didn't answer the register. Then he signed off. Never to be seen again. It was so weird. <laughs> how, does, how does that work? then again a zoom link's that similar that you can end up just by by typing the wrong letter end up in a different school that'd be quite funny did they realize they must have realized because their name wasn't called in the register and then when they were called out on it they just vanished i think that's kind of creepy you sure you didn't imagine him is this like a haunted zoom call i don't know very mysterious indeed and Holly as well says my geography class thought we'd all be jokers and do something coordinated on Zoom. Like all wear the same colour top or turn our cameras off all at the same time. But then not enough people did it, so it never actually worked. The only thing that was semi-successful is that we all agreed to play Driver's Licence by Olivia Rodrigo at the same time on Spotify in class to confuse the teacher. But have you ever heard 29 people playing a song on Zoom at a slightly different time? The sound was so bad that it kind of backfired on us. Oh, Holly. The the feedback on that, that's going to be awful. It'll just be like a wall of, of noise. That's a great song. But it would have sounded horrible. The only people whose eardrums you were damaging there were your own. That teacher, Geography, probably not surprised at all. I mean, it might have been a bit surprised, but... You also played yourselves. It, you know, it was a good thing, a good trick, but you 100% played yourselves there and it backfired and would have sounded horrible. But thank you very much for your messages. I'm glad to see that the kind of chaos that I've come to expect from school has not been diminished as a result of online learning. This is very good news. Oh, and coming up, by the way, after four o'clock, I do have some more info for you about homeschooling. Obviously, we've done the the whole secondary school causing havoc thing. But if you're a bit younger, if you're in primary school, I've got something for you. I've got you. I need to tell you about the greatest educational program the BBC has ever made. 20 past four for that. So in about 40 minutes, 35 if you're still around. Coming up also, I've got some great news 
something is coming back again they've, they've like rebooted a, a reboot i don't know it's kind of messy i'll tell you what it is after taylor swift this is willow on wizard radio from willow on wizard radio alec feldman with you this afternoon hi thanks for listening appreciate it coming up i'll play you the new zane song and we'll have a bit of classic what's going on in a second as well but they've brought someone back someone huge from my childhood probably from a lot of your childhoods as well tracy beaker is coming back to the tv again yes i'm so excited tracy beaker was my childhood the story of tracy beaker it was always on cbbc i'd watch it before school after school sometimes during school no never during school a couple of Christmases ago, I discovered that the whole series was on Netflix. Oh, it was brilliant. What a day that was. And they're bringing it back. Again, because they did actually bring it back once before. A few years after the story of Tracy Beaker finished, they made a spin-off show called Tracy Beaker Returns about what happened when, well, when, when Tracy Beaker returned. And she came back, but instead of being a kid in a care home, she was the worker. She was like the carer in the care home. You know, poacher turned gamekeeper. She's gone full circle. And that was cool. And then she was in that for a bit. And then she left the series. So Tracy Beaker left. Tracy Beaker returns. And they renamed it to be The Dumping Ground instead of Tracy Beaker returns. And now Tracy Beaker is returning again. They're not calling it Tracy Beaker returns returns. As great as that would be. I think they're calling it My Mum Tracy Beaker because it's based on a new Tracy Beaker book where Tracy Beaker is a single mum to a child. So, you know, it's almost almost gone full circle, but she wants to be like, you know, a loving mum who cares for her child and doesn't like, abandon it in a care home like in the original, like what happens to her. And in the, the new, new series of Tracy Beaker, the same person that's playing Tracy Beaker who played her, you know, before, Danny Harmer, and so it's kind of cool in a way that Danny Harmer is getting older at the same time as Tracy Beaker is getting older. I'm pretty sure Tracy Beaker is the only character Danny Harmer has ever played. I, genuinely, I don't think she's ever done any other acting. That is the only thing. So this, in theory, could like set her up for life. Danny Harmer could just be Tracy Beaker forever. You know, if it pays the bills, it pays the bills. At the moment, we've got, you know, my mum Tracy Beaker where she's a single parent. We could follow Tracy Beaker. Maybe she ever gets married again. That could be a new series of Tracy Beaker. Um, Tracy Beaker gets divorced. That would be good. Tracy Beaker has a midlife crisis. Tracy Beaker, I don't know, buys a convertible and has an extramarital affair. Tracy Beaker retires. Tracy Beaker in an old age home. That would really be full circle. She can go to the old age home and Michael be there still looking after her, even though he'll be much older than she will and you know finally uh, as much as we don't want to think about these things because it's very sad we could have you know tracy beaker dies but then we could have tracy beaker returns from beyond the grave tracy beaker the zombie tracy beaker the ghost tracy beaker the vampire we could just keep bringing back tracy beaker again and again and again forever tracy beaker never needs to end we can just have infinite tracy beaker how good would that be Tracy Beaker for days. I would like that. I think that would be great. Anybody else? Does anybody share my enthusiasm for Tracy Beaker? Oh, just me then. Okay. 
maybe maybe the bit where she died and then came back as a ghost was a bit much. But whatever. I'll sell this idea to someone. Zane with vibes on Wizard Radio. Merry Saturday. It's Alec Feldman. And because it's a Saturday afternoon and I felt like it, I'm going to treat you to a vintage 2020 aged matured edition of what's going on so in what's going on you hear a clip of something completely ripped from context usually a bit weird a bit chaotic a bit mad not entirely clear what's really happening or why i just want you to try and work out what is going on explain it for me explain it in a way that makes me laugh explain it in a way that's clever that's informative if you really want you can even try and guess what's actually happening you know we can do that too so let's have a listen to the first time for the what's going on clip this week So um, early suggestions suggest that could be uh, a piano falling down the stairs or um, some might even think that's music. But but what is it? Who is it? Why is it? What on earth is that weird noise? If you think you know or just want to have a laugh, 07807 183 538. Get in touch right now. Let me know what you think is is happening in that clip. You can also email station at wizardradio.co.uk. Find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash wizardradio or Twitter, Instagram at wizardradio on there. What is going on? Let's hear that bizarre clip one more time if we can. You know, send me a guess and we can have some fun on what's going on. Meanwhile, Justin Bieber and Medusa coming up after the latest news at four o'clock. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. 347 Aiden, dancing in my room on Wizard Radio. Afternoon, it's Alec Feldman. How's it going? All good with you? Coming up, Baby Queen, Olivia Rodrigo, a.k.a. the biggest song in the world right now, and also Zara Larson, new one from her. You know how people are doing homeschool at the moment? I was talking about it before four o'clock, actually. And, you know, the older kids, they've got, like, lessons on Zoom. But for younger kids who are at, like, primary school, they are having to resort a lot of the time to, like, the TV and the internet for their education. If their school can't provide online teaching in quite the same way a secondary school would and obviously they can't like learn as independently because they're like five years old the bbc's been doing loads of stuff to help people homeschool you've got like marcus rashford teaching you or brian cox or david attenborough and that's really cool um but back in the day i don't know if you remember this if you're ever off school sick then there would be some like school shows during the day on bbc one or two or something and they weren't quite up to the same standard of like the, you know, coronavirus pandemic home education programs. And quite a while ago, I remember being off school 
and a show came on. I was like, oh, brilliant. Like a proper show, not some weird educational show. It's a real show. But uh, it wasn't quite like that. What they'd done is they'd got a popular TV show with two popular TV presenters, but they turned it into an educational program. And it was very originally titled because the teachers, the sort of the celebrity teachers involved in this program were two brothers, Paul and Barry Chuckle, actually, the Chuckle brothers, R.I.P. Barry, we miss you every day. And you know how they, they did a show called Chuckle Vision? Well, in this educational show, they were teaching maths. The Chuckle Brothers, and they were teaching maths. Chuckle Brothers and maths, and their TV show is called Chuckle Vision. So it's like Chuckle Vision, but for maths, what do you think they called it? I wish I was joking. But I'm actually not. <laughs> that was the actual theme tune to Chuckle Maths, which was a TV show. Only only six episodes were ever made, but it was a TV show where the Chuckle Brothers would teach you maths. Chuckle Maths. Genius. Round of applause to whoever came up with that idea, by the way. Chuckle Maths. So what sort of maths did the Chuckle Brothers do in the hit TV show that only ever had six episodes? Chuckle Maths. Well, let me enlighten you. Here is an example of the kind of great content that they taught the nation's children back in the day. What time is it now? One past five. That's not one past, that's five past. How many times do I have to tell you? The little hand points at the hour, the big hand points at the minutes. Brilliant, now I know how to tell the time. Thank you, Paul and Barry Chuckle. That was fun, but also informative at the same time. Brilliant. They just don't make educational shows like that anymore. I thought what I'd do is give you a little maths question, actually, that the Chuckle Brothers set, just to see if you could answer it, because it is actually quite difficult. I struggled with this one. I actually got it wrong. I'm not afraid to admit that. I got this question wrong, and I know it was on Chuckle Maths, which is aimed at, like, four-year-olds, but I did actually get this question wrong. This was an episode... Um, about weighing things. Oh, the premise, by the way, of Chuckle Maths, I should have told you, is that Paul and Barry Chuckle own a hotel called Chuckle Towers. <laughs> and they face all kinds of mathematical dilemmas in their day-to-day life. And in this episode of Chuckle Maths, the Chuckle Brothers had to put together um, bags of apples to make sure they had a kilogram of apples for each day. So listen to this. Here is the very difficult Chuckle Maths apple-based question. 0.5 of a kilogram and 500 grams. Eh, that's the same thing. Both together. And what have you got? Right, I'll give you a few seconds to think about that one. So the question being asked by Paul Chuckle. 0.5 of a kilogram and 500 grams. When you add them together, what have you got? 0.5 and 500 grams. I'll just give you a few few moments just to think about that. Mull it over in your head. Work out what you think the answer is. Write it down if you need to. Okay, here is the answer from Barry Chuckle. More apples for Brecky. Yes, another kilogram. It's easy this when you get a hang of it. So, if you said 1,000 grams or a kilogram, I'm afraid you were wrong. The answer was actually, as Barry just said, more apples for Brecky. Sorry, better luck next time. You see... This is why we need the Chuckle Brothers teaching us maths, because we would be lost as a nation without 
such great teachers. So there you go. Homeschooling 10 years ago, probably much, much better than it currently is now. Is that what we can conclude from this? Probably not, but the theme tunes definitely were. Hit it. Saturday afternoon on Wizard Radio, it's Alec Feldman playing Baby Queen and Raw Thoughts, alright? Last week, I was at a bit of a loose end on Saturday night, and I felt like watching a movie, and I don't normally watch movies, because I don't really have the attention span for them, for one thing. I don't like movies that are too long, and I, I, I almost fear the commitment of watching a movie. I could quite easily watch, say, three episodes of Suits in a row, that's 40 minutes each, that's what, 48 two hours of suits I could watch without a problem but I find it a lot easier psychologically I think because that's three 40 minute episodes I'm only committing to 40 minutes at a time whereas with a movie you have to commit to the full length of the movie and that puts me off a little bit I think I get fear of commitment and so I don't do it very often Oh, and also, especially in the evening, I find it really hard to be sat or lying anywhere for too long without falling asleep. It just happens. And then I miss half of what's happening, and I'm like, oh, why did I bother watching that? I have no idea what actually happened in it. So, for those two reasons, I don't watch films all that often. But on Saturday night, I was like, you know what? I feel awake enough. I feel like I can watch a film. That said, I still had to take into account the attention span and consideration. And I wanted to watch a fairly short film. And I found just the one. It was 87 minutes long. Quite new, I've never seen it before. And it was on Netflix. And I don't think it would require too much thought either. I don't like... I'm very fussy about what I watch, actually. I don't like things you need to think too much about. But this, this film was so easy to watch. There was so little to think about that it didn't even contain words. It literally did not have any spoken dialogue in the whole film. Oh, and also, well, it was a children's film, which helps, I guess, with the, the comprehension issue. The film I picked out of all the films on Netflix was Shaun the Sheep, the movie. And you know what? I regret nothing. It was a great film. I had a good time. It made me laugh. A film that literally didn't have words in it made me laugh. It was just the right length, less than an hour and a half, so I managed to stay awake for the whole thing and didn't, like, fall asleep. I... Uh, Maybe fell asleep a little bit, but but not too much. And you know what? I had a good time. And although, like I said, the film wasn't overly complex, there wasn't a complicated plot to understand or loads of, like, backstory or complications, I did get a few questions pop into my head whilst I was watching it. And I think they are, they are quite specific questions, and I feel like nobody else watching Shaun the Sheep the movie has ever had these questions before. But these are the things that I was thinking whilst watching Shaun the Sheep the movie, which, if you don't know what Shaun the Sheep is, it's a, it's a sheep called Shaun. It's made out of clay, and it lives on a farm with lots of other animal friends. Yeah, it's a good time. But here's the thing. Shaun the Sheep originated from Wallace and Gromit, right? They're, like, in the same universe, if you want to call it that. Wallace and Gromit... It's set in, like, a town in Lancashire somewhere. I think it's Wigan. And they came across this sheep. They called it Sean, and eventually they sent it back to live on a farm, I assume. In Wallace and Gromit, all of the characters 
look a certain way. There's a very distinctive way the characters are designed in the Wallace and Gromit universe. So assuming that Shaun the Sheep is in this same universe, why do all of the humans in Shaun the Sheep the movie look totally different to the way they look in in Wallace and Gromit. Like, their faces are completely different. They're much rounder heads. They have much bigger eyes. It's all its all very weird. The farmer was one of the main characters. His eyes... Uh, well, he hasn't really got eyes. He's just got glasses that he wears on his forehead. What? What? That's that, You wouldn't get a person like that in Wallace and Gromit. That's not what they look like. They look a bit more like real people, despite being made of clay. So that was kind of weird that... They're, the people look different. Are they some kind of weird mutant breed of human? Is there something terrible that's happened in this Wallace and Gromit version of Lancashire that we don't know about? I don't, I don't know. That was one thing. But another weird difference that I didn't quite understand because it was in supposedly the same the same imaginary world as Wallace and Gromit. None of the human characters spoke English. There was not a word of English in that film. All they did was make a, a weird noise, kind of like a... Like, kind of like The Sims. You know how The Sims speak a weird language that isn't English? They just kind of make noises. It was a bit like that. And again, that confused me. Because in Wallace and Gromit, everybody is fully capable of speaking English. Well, except Gromit. He doesn't speak. But all the humans can. And yet, in Shaun the Sheep... The humans say nothing. They just make weird noises. Again, what's happened? Why can't they talk anymore? Have humans in Lancashire, imaginary clay Lancashire, lost the ability to speak English? Again, I I don't know. I'm probably thinking about this in much too much detail because this is a kid's movie about a sheep called Sean. But at the same time, this is what was going through my head when I was watching it, and I want to know. And I'm aware that this is a very oddly specific question about what is... I must remember a work of fiction. It's not real. But I want to open up the floor. This is your opportunity. If you ever watched something or read something or listened to something completely fictional and you've gone, hang on a minute. But but what about what about this? What about that? You know, like, why why don't they have electricity in Harry Potter, for example? Another one then now is the time to send it to me. If you've got any oddly specific questions about a work of fiction, send it my way and I will ask them, maybe try and work out an answer if I know. You know where to find me, at WizRadio on Twitter, station at wizardradio.co.uk. What oddly specific questions do you have about something that is is actually completely made up and it doesn't really matter at all? Whilst you do that, I'm going to get on Olivia Rodrigo. Oh my God, this is like the biggest song in the world, completely out of nowhere. Like I was saying earlier, another song that has come from TikTok. So given Olivia Rodrigo's risen to fame, I mean, overnight, basically, you won't know a thing about her. And so let me tell you, let me enlighten you. I've done lots of research, like I always do. It's completely accurate. I've searched Wikipedia. I've searched the library. I've searched um, um, uh, other people. And I've got as much accurate information about as Livia Rodrigo as I can fit into 60 seconds for you right now. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Olivia Rodrigo is a Disney star known for being in the cast of High School Musical. The film celebrated its 15th birthday only this week. So how was a 17 year old even in it? Well, she played an ex 
Astra. When she was two years old, she was a toddler who accidentally got hit in the face by a stray basketball thrown by Zac Efron. She cried, and for her performance, she won the Best Extra at the Oscars as well as Best Supporting Actress at the Golden Globes. Now, though, she's 17. She's legally old enough to learn how to drive. The song Driver's Licence details her struggles to get that coveted pink ID. It talks about her anguish every time she has to show someone a green provisional license just to prove her age, as well as the boredom of just learning the highway code for the theory test and the difficulties she's had with the hazard perception. She just longs for the day she passes her test so she can borrow her mum's Ford Fiesta and go to the Mackey's drive-thru with her friends in the back. And that is what this song is really all about. That's Olivia Rodrigo in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun. From a safe distance. Zara Larson and Young Thug with Talk About Love on Wizard Radio. Before that, Olivia Rodrigo, obviously. Driver's license. Alec Feldman on. Hi. Coming up, new Royal Blood tune called Typhoons playing next. Also, Gracie Abrams before Miles is on at five o'clock. I was talking before about how I watched Shaun the Sheep, the movie, the other night. And even though it is a very simple, very short, very enjoyable movie... It did... I had a lot of questions about it. Very specific questions about, like, the rules of the Shaun the Sheep universe. You know, if it is the same universe as Wallace and Gromit, which I think it is. Number one, why do all the humans look different and weird? Number two, why can't the humans speak English? When they can, in Wallace and Gromit. These, I think these are valid questions. Yes, they are insanely specific. But they are valid questions nonetheless. And I wanted to know if you had any other just really specific questions about things that are, I mean, literally works of fiction. It doesn't matter. It's not real. There are no rules because it's fiction. And yet you do kind of want to know the answer to these things. So I've had a, had a few messages in. Luke has two really urgent questions about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. A Roald Dahl classic turned into two movies. One of them starring... Oh, who's in it? What's, he's really famous. Not Brad Pitt. Not Leonardo DiCaprio. Or was it? Who... I'm going to Google this right now. Who was Willy Wonka? It was someone famous. But who? Johnny Depp. Oh, that was it. Oh, oh he's sort of... He's, he's off now, isn't he? Johnny Depp. I think. Has he been cancelled? I don't, I, I don't know. Anyway, let's stop talking about Johnny Depp and move on to the message that we have received from Luke. We've got two questions about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Firstly, the premise of Charlie Bucket's character is based on the fact that his family is really poor because his dad is the only one who works and they have to look after Charlie's four grandparents as well who are all so ill they are forced to lay in bed all day. Until, that is, Charlie wins a tour of a chocolate factory, which is a good prize, but not life-changing at face value. At which point, Grandpa Joe is suddenly not ill, can jump around and dance, and is fit enough to go on a full day's walking tour of a factory. He's as fit as Greg Wallace all of a sudden. (laughs) I'm sorry. Where is the logic in that, Luke says? And also, a slightly smaller question. How is Charlie, who is meant to be a schoolboy, legally allowed to run a chocolate factory at his age? Where is his knowledge of health and safety? This film puzzles me so much. Right, um, going through that in turn, I, get, I, I would say, number one, about Grandpa Joe, I do not 
like to throw around accusations of benefits fraud or anything like that. Anything that, you know, stigmatizes people unfairly or makes assumptions. So I'm going to say, Grandpa Joe, maybe he just got a condition that flares up from time to time. He's too ill to, like, work, and he's probably better off staying in bed. But on some days, maybe he will be able to, you know, sing and dance and go on a full day's walking tour of a chocolate factory. You know, let's not, let's not be negative about Grandpa Joe here. Maybe there is a perfectly plausible explanation for that. Also, Luke uses the phrase, he's as fit as Greg Wallace. Um, and I, I didn't know that was a phrase. Has anybody said this before ever? He's as fit as Greg Wallace? Why Greg Wallace? We should know who Greg Wallace is, by the way. I think it's, it's the bald guy from MasterChef, isn't it? Why, why, why as fit as Greg Wallace? That's not a saying. What do you, uh, <laughs> there are so many people who are much fitter than Greg Wallace, with no disrespect to Greg Wallace. What, <laughs> where has this come from? Anyway, sorry. That's that's sort of a, an irrelevant point. Um, on your point about whether a schoolboy is legally allowed to run a chocolate factory, I don't know. I assume he's, he's, he just like pays people to deal with all the, the health and safety stuff that he, he doesn't know anything about. Or maybe he's just had lots of training in it. He's done all his forms and stuff. He's fully compliant. Although, have you seen that film? I mean, most of the, the kids who win that prize end up dying horribly, don't they? So I don't think there is any health and safety at this this um, chocolate factory. So I don't think that really is a valid point. But I, I, I understand where you're coming from, Luke. Thank you for your very specific questions on the film. Rebecca, as well, says... This question has been in my head since I was probably four years old. So the past 12 years of my life, the tweenies. We all love it. It's based on four primary school characters aged roughly five or six years old. But have you seen the adults? There are some big gaps in this story. For one, Max has severe hair loss and fully grey hair and it's kind of assumed he's the dad. But he must be in his 60s and his kids are five or six years old. And then the mum doesn't seem to be present because there's the equally old Polly, who's meant to be his sister, and then Judy, who's more a helper than a mum. So what I need to know is, are the tweenies adopted? If not, Max is probably their dad, in which case, is he just a playboy? This is one very strange family dynamic. Rebecca, I'm going to tell you something that will blow your mind. In the tweenies, the tweenies do not... They're not a family... They all come from different families. They go to nursery. The Tweenies aren't all related to each other. I mean, you know, not to make generalizations here, but they do have different colored skin quite dramatically. You know, can you have both a yellow baby and a blue baby and an orange baby? I don't know. I mean, maybe you can, but probably not from Max and Judy, who are like green and red, if I remember correctly. Anyway, um, so that's that. They're, They're not related. They, they attend like a nursery or a preschool or something. That's why they're all there together. And so, no, Max is not a massive playboy who has loads of kids despite being like 60 years old. That's not how it goes. Um, I feel like that sort of answers most of your questions. Like, oh, oh, one more. Who's Polly? I've watched a lot of tweenies. I've got about three videos worth of tweenies. And I don't remember anyone ever being tweenies called Polly. It's just, just Max and Judy, isn't it? Max, Judy... Uh, the dog, Doodles, 
Izzles, I think is the other dog, the purple dog, and then the Tweenie Clock. Those are the main characters in the Tweenies. I'm an expert in the Tweenies. There is no one in the Tweenies called Polly. Watch, I bet I'm wrong, but never mind, I'll look it up later. So, yeah, there's there's your answer. Max isn't a playboy, or if he is, you know, it's not, it's not referenced on screen, and they're not all related. So that's that one. And Benny, as well, says, the reason I don't watch Doctor Who anymore is because of one fatal flaw in the storyline. How does the TARDIS never know what's going on outside of it? The Doctor and his companion never really know what's happening or where they are until they're outside the TARDIS. But this is some futuristic machine. Even my car has cameras and sensors to tell me how close I am to another car. How is the TARDIS both very futuristic, but at the same time, lacks technology that a German car manufacturer has. Explain that for me. Very simple, Benny. Volkswagen did not make the TARDIS. Uh, no, that, no, that's not the answer. Um, I think, having watched quite a lot of Doctor Who, I think the lamp at the top of the police box is supposed to be like a camera because there, there's a screen inside the TARDIS, the scanner, where you can see what's going on inside, outside. I think they just don't always look at it. They're like, yeah, let's go see what it is and fling open the doors but I think in theory this is my real Doctor Who geek coming out here you can tell what is outside the TARDIS it's just a lot of the time they choose not to so in fairness I think I have managed to actually answer all of your oddly specific questions about works of fiction which surprised me I didn't think I'd be able to but I could and yet I still don't know why Shaun the Sheep the movie is so confusing. Oh well, I guess I shall have to find out another day. Oh, uh, before before I play the next song, actually, I will play you Anne Marie in a second. Let's just let's just Google what did what did Rebecca say? Polly in the Tweenies. I don't think there's anyone called Polly in the Tweenies. Po- Polly is a character from the Tweenies. What? This is on Tweenies Wiki. She has thick white hair and her skin colour is pink much like her brother Max and then in the family section it says her brother Max so there is someone called Polly in the tweenies who looks like Max but wearing glasses well, my mind's blown I've never seen Polly in my life and I've watched a lot of tweenies there's, there's a lot of food for thought here a lot to think about anyway whilst I think about Polly from the tweenies not in a weird way this is new from Royal Blood Typhoons on Wizard Radio. New music right there from Royal Blood. That was Typhoons. It's Wizard Radio with Alec Feldman. And let's return to our vintage matured edition of What's Going On? It works as follows. I usually play you a clip of just something something slightly weird, slightly confusing, taken completely out of context. And this week it's it's an absolute gem. What the hell is happening here? A strange noise. I believe it is some kind of musical performance, but you had me fooled. So let's see what you've been saying. Um, hello to to Will has sent us a guess. I think I know what's going on. It's someone being hit 
with a piano around their head whilst they're trying to sing. That's why the piano keys are kind of off, because the person doing the hitting is trying to play the piano at the same time as using it to try and hit the person who's singing, who's really off pitch because they're being hit whilst they're trying to sing. Before you point out the obvious, Alec, this isn't a grand piano or anything, probably more like a keyboard, something a bit more transportable. Ah, yes, Will, because that, that really was the sort of, the, the I guess, the plot hole in your theory. That would have been the, the one reason that it might not have been correct. The fact that it'd be really hard to whack someone around the head with a grand piano. Of course, I'm glad you've sorted that one. Um, no, it, not quite, although I can see why it sounds like that, because... I mean, uh, what a mess. But no, I can tell you, I think, there is only one person in that clip. Uh, it's not, you know, two people. A person being hit and a person doing the hitting. There is just the one person who's playing the piano and seeing it. Singing. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but thank you for your guess, Will. Sasha says, I've seen this before. Isn't this the previously unseen alternative version from Rocky, where Rocky Balboa is singing the theme tune, but after he's finished the boxing match. So he's kind of slurring a bit because he's literally just walked out of the ring. He's trying to have a good time in the bar with all of the lads, which is definitely something that happens in Rocky. But obviously, he's also just been absolutely battered so it's a bit all over the place um again i haven't i haven't seen the film rocky is this is this song normally the rocky theme tune is that is that why that's coming into your head because if so i see what you've done there i think yes that could be it because oh my gosh <laughs> what is going on again it does sound like someone is a bit worse for wear whilst trying to sing that song but it's not it's not an unseen scene from Rocky where Rocky sings the theme to post fight Katie is this an elderly man in an old age home trying to do karaoke not even being rude best go and i love hearing old people do karaoke it's really sweet katie i mean yes this could be an elderly man at an old age home doing karaoke but this elderly man is elton john you know what i mean you can't just be like oh bless him he's giving it his best go it's elton john he's not some amateur having a go at a sing song it is actually elton john <laughs> come on um you are correct on that front. It is Elton John doing the singing, but it's not a random elderly man covering Elton John. It is actual Elton John doing the singing. Hi to Izzy as well. I think I saw this on TV. Is this Elton John's performance for that Global Citizen TV show that was on the BBC at the beginning of lockdown? It was so bad. I remember my mum literally gasped during the performance because she's never heard Elton perform so poorly. It looks a bit strange, really, and this reminds me a lot of that. Your mum your mum gasped? Wow. Literally gasped. Amazing. Izzy, you are correct. That is it is Elton John performing his hit song, I'm Still Standing, on TV. It it's not the best, is it? And now now we've established that it is time for me to go. If it's okay, I would like to have have Elton play us out before we go into Doja Cat and Gucci Mane. Have a nice week, I'll see you Saturday.
goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Audio-based fun.